Oh, hello. And welcome to show some respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. It's fantastic to be here. Here, the second week of November. Where, where has the... Isn't that, uh, isn't that the worst question? I hate that. I hate that. Where's the year gone? Where, ha- where has it gone? It's like yesterday, it was January 1st, and now it isn't. I don't understand. Up there with my most hated questions alongside Easter eggs already? It's insane. What do you, We barely got past Halloween. We're already selling advent calendars. It's crazy. I hate it. I hate it so much. We've all had these discussions. We know. Hot crust buns come too early. We're all aware. We don't need to labor this point anymore. I wish I had more voices. I wish I could do more voices when I do these bits. I'm just tempted to go straight into Bill Burr. Oh, it's so it's so nice to have. That's not even a very good impression. That's prob- part of the issue is I don't have. I went last night. I was doing comedy uh, with a very, very funny comedian named Jacques Barrett. Jacques spelled J-A-C-Q-E-S. Uh, Barrett, B-A-R-R-E-T-T. Very, very funny. Look him up. He's fantastic. And he does... The best, the best Queensland bogan accent, like country bogan accent. I love it so much. He, he like, I don't know what he, he like, fills his jowls. So it's very like, no matter sound like Richard Nixon. I don't know. Look him up. I think it's a bit of a staple of his act. He's very, very good at it. The people, this is the thing, people don't always pick up on this in comedy. Being able to do voices is so important. Bill Burr does a ton of voices. John Mulaney does a ton of voices. I have none. I have my voice, and even that doesn't really fluctuate much. You listen to the podcast, you see how it's like. I'm having to try very hard right now to alternate my tone and give it some kind of melody, because otherwise I'll just come at you straight out of the gate. No fun- f- fluctuations whatsoever, this is it. Um, but uh, oh, Jacques just had me laughing so much. It's so good. It's so great. As someone who sees so much comedy and you see the same people again and again and again, when you see people who are from different parts of Australia that you know are great but you don't get to see them very often, oh, it's just the best. It's so it's so much fun. Um, it's been a good week. It's uh, I'm, I'm taking creatine now. How about that? Bet you didn't expect that was where I was going to kick off this week's podcast. I'm taking creatine. I went down to the local vitamin warehouse or whatever the fuck and I... Went straight to the um, the the shelves of muscle building supplements at a at a vitamin shop is so overwhelming and intimidating. They're all like there's there's kind of two types of supplements. You have the excessively sciencey with pictures of molecule diagrams on the front that nobody in that store understands. There is no, there is very little crossover between an understanding of chemistry and huge pecs. In my experience, every now and then you do get it. Actually, this is actually I'm going to totally go back on myself now. I've met quite a few bodybuilding nerds. This is something you do come to realize. We all think of, of bodybuilders just as being pure meatheads. No, a lot of them are dorks. A lot of them are just dorks with muscles because they're compensating for the fact they got... There are two types of people who lift heavy in the gym. Uh, the, 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 the sort of muscled up, roided out morons who never quite made it on the footy field and so just punish themselves for it in the gym every Saturday. 
just every Saturday they're in there remind trying to block out the memories of the field goal they missed from the sideline that could have turned them pro by just lifting as many heavy things as they can. And the other side is just dorks compensating for how weird they were at school. And they do occasionally cross over, in fact. It was just that their weirdness was overshadowed by their ability to, to throw a cat-out pass or hit a straight drive. But they're, they're, those are the two. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe So maybe this is actually, that actually lines up. Because if you look at the supplements, there is half of them that are very scientific. My The one that I got, the creatine that I got, made a very big deal of being from Germany. Which I think, <laughs> formulated in the early 1940s. Don't ask how. <laughs> just, just a... Uh, no, I'm not going down. I was anyway. Um, it's too it's too early in this podcast and potentially your day to to be making Holocaust bodybuilding jokes. Although that's a pretty fertile territory, isn't it? It sounds quite funny. That's a good comedy is about the overlap of two unexpected ideas, and I think uh, the boy in the ripped pajamas pretty funny. But the, <laughs> uh, the that's one, of, and the other one is just super homoerotic. I mean, true airbrushing video game character slash action figure bodies. Airbrushed, fake tan. What's with the fake tan in bodybuilding as well, by the way? What's with the just, uh, the, the, that kind of, remember that episode of Friends where Ross gets three threes? That's only going to make sense if people have seen that very specific episode. They're all, they're all this weird caramel colored spray tan that we look so fake. It's, it's two shades of black away from a minstrel show is a bodybuilding contest. It's very touch and go. So I was very puzzled. Which of these two am I going to go for? Highly scientific, possibly Nazi related on the one side, or do I go for more homoerotic, uh, you know, like the, the, the ones that are sort of, it's, it's usually a picture of um, a man from the neck down just it's from from the from the base of the shoulders all the way down to the the knees and then in between just the most well defined dick root you can ever see. I, I hope that phrase means something to all of you if it doesn't um, make sure no one's looking over your shoulder and google it and you'll see what I mean it's just I remember seeing a photo in a Who magazine of Robbie Williams at an award show with just a little, just a little tuft of pubes sticking out the top of his jeans. It, it's kind of like that, but just clean shaven, not a hair on this guy. Um, so I didn't, I didn't know which to go, and uh, out came this guy whose knowledge of bodybuilding supplements and gym workouts was totally incongruent with his, with his entire oeuvre otherwise. This guy was, I, I mean, I wanted to flush his head down the toilet. This is how nerdy this dude looked. And it wasn't, what I was talking about before, this wasn't Jim Buff nerdy. This was Dungeons and Dragons nerdy. I mean, hasn't lo- doesn't look like he's been outside his basement in months and yet knows everything there is to know about amino acids. I don't understand and it was hard because he was speaking very knowledgeably about supplements, workout routines, uh, the the size of the molecule relative to the level of endurance training that you're doing. Are you doing high-intensity interval training or are you doing more sprint? Uh, those are the same things, Tom. This is improv's hard. It, it was really coming across incredibly confident 
But the whole time I was like, you don't know about this. Why would you know about this and not put any of this knowledge into use? Why would you learn so much about bodybuilding and yet still look like this? It's like being taught the principles of running mechanics by someone in a wheelchair. Why would you know this? Unless, and there wasn't even, look, it would be one thing if he had some kind of stretch marks where I could see he used to be buff. There was none of that. I don't understand. This guy, he just kind of looked, you know when there is no muscle definition whatsoever as if there's just, they, they're just one, they're just one single muscle. There's no joint anywhere. His, his arms from wrist to shoulder looked like sausages. There was no definition at any point. And yet here I am taking his recommendation on why I need to spend an extra $20 on creatine instead of the one with the uh, Duke Nukem character on the front of it. No one's going to get that reference. Look, statistically, I think, knowing my listenership, maybe four of you get that reference. Once again, uh, clear your Google search for Dick Root. Now look up Duke Nukem. And it will, again, still make sense. Kind of like Johnny Bravo. Duke Nukem was sort of the video game equivalent of Johnny Bravo. If that... Let's... Let, you know what will help with that niche reference, Tom, is an analogy to an even more niche reference. Very helpful. Good stuff. Let's press on. So I've been taking creatine for about a week now, and every time I walk past the mirror and I'm not jacked to the level of an elite bodybuilder, uh, I get frustrated. I know it's been a week, uh, and I know I'm still eating Toblerone at 4 p.m. However, I don't understand why that should get in the way from me having an eight-pack in just over 72 hours from my first ingestion of creatine. I am lifting my shirt up in front of the mirror constantly as if sitting down at a desk for the last three hours might have been working my abs to a substantial enough level that I, I suddenly uh, have them being visible to the naked eye, which I've never had in my life. Maybe if I, I can kind of, if I get the light right and I tense hard enough and I kind of contort my body uh, in the way that an ab might start to show up and I, and I just pull the skin right to the very, very back of my spine, uh, like stretching pizza dough over a, over a base, um, then maybe then you can start to see what might potentially be misconstrued as an app. But, I mean, I'm taking, I'm taking creatine. I'm, I'm eating protein all the time. I'm eating protein. Do you know how they say that you need to have a gram of protein for every pound that you weigh. I think that's oh, every heart, every AF, every pound that you weigh. That's for me like 160 grams of protein. A day. That's like four caged chickens every day. That's not really what that is, but it's like, it's a lot. It is a lot. You need to constantly be eating. A guy that I went used to go to the gym with, who, by the way, fell into the bracket of a gym junkie nerd. Matt, if you're listening to this, you, you know. I mean, this guy fluctuates between online crypto trading and lifting weights so heavy he passes out. That's happened to him four times. I've never come close to passing out from anything except standing up too quickly. That's the only time I ever come close to losing consciousness if, if there's no alcohol involved. And yet he's doing it from bench press. He, he is bench pressing himself into a coma. He told me a story that he was doing shoulder press so heavy he passed out and popped his shoulder out because his arms went limp and the weight went backwards. How does that even happen? I don't understand how anybody, I don't know. Matt, 
what's going on in there. Matt tells me when he was in his true bodybuilding phase, he was eating, what was it, bone broth, rice, and boiled eggs and chicken. That was his meal three times a day. Shoot me. What could you, how much do you need to lift? Because I think that's, again, I don't know if it was body, but I think it was weightlifting. I think it was powerlifting he was doing at the time. What, who cares? No one, what, just, just tell people you lift more. No one will ask. Just tell them you lift 20 kilos more than you really do and live your life accordingly. Anyway, so I'm on the supplements. Um, I still don't look like a, a particularly ripped mannequin yet. I mean, I have the right skin tone, but uh, that that's that's it. That's it. I would I would really like it. I don't know why, because I'm very rarely getting around without my top off, and I am in a very committed relationship. Um, so I'm not really sure why I want to look any better than I already do. This is, I, I, I mean, I have found that since being in a relationship, I'm in better shape, have a better sense of fashion, and I'm an all-round more complete human being, which is a, a great testament to a being in a relationship. It's been very good for me as a human being. I've developed a lot. But also, why? I don't really, un- what, what would that be? Who's benefiting from this? I, really, what I should be doing is finding the lowest threshold my partner will allow me to present myself as and just lean into that. How fat can I be? How old can I have my clothes? How, how how ripped and tattered do my underwear need to be that she won't leave? And look, I mean, leaving at this stage means selling a house and splitting custody of a Labradoodle. I think that's a pretty high bar of complacency that I could reach if I really set my mind to it. I've had a very good day. I've had a very good day. It's a beautiful day in Sydney. The sky is blue. This is because we've had nice weather in Sydney for the first time in about two years. We found a middle ground between bushfires and torrential rain for the first time in the 2020s. Um, it's, it's, it's amazing what that has done for the Sydney, the, the Sydney psychology because I think for the longest time we were so entitled to good weather. If we so much as had a sun shower... On a November day, we were furious and we would not stop talking. about This is bullshit. We shouldn't have to put up with this. This this is the greatest city in, I mean, Australia, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I don't guess. Obviously, the greatest city in Australia. Um, it's Sydney's the greatest city in Australia if you can afford to go to Europe because then Melbourne has nothing for you. It just has subpar art galleries compared to, you know, I mean, all art galleries. It, I will go to Paris in December and I will go to the Louvre and pretend that I was wowed by it. And I might even believe that I was, but realistically, they could put any shit on the wall and I'd be like, hmm, interesting. But now, honestly, all it takes is half an hour of sunshine across a full 12-hour days of sunlight and we'll think, wow, what a gorgeous day we've had. What a lucky... It's so nice to have... So, I mean, Sydney and humility very rarely go hand in hand. That's not something that we truly excel at. And yet, this is what global warming has brought out of us. This is the, this is the positive of climate change that no one wants to talk about, but I keep bringing up. Is it's just put Sydney in its place a little bit. 
I mean, don't get me wrong. As soon as you get out, I don't want to be anywhere out west. I don't want to have to deal with floods and fires. But just a little bit of humility. I mean, if, if the floods and the fires are what we have to put up with, if we have to put up with a slightly depressing 6.30 news report just to get Sydney to be a little bit more, a little bit more humility in this city, I think, um, is that worth it? I'm, I'm not saying it is or it isn't. I'm, I'm just asking questions. Because of that, though, we're enjoying. We're enjoying the good days when they come, and I've had a great day. I've gone out and I've, uh, I've had a barn me for lunch. A true representative of some of the more positive impacts of colonialism. Say what you like about the French. At least when they colonise a place, they leave something worthwhile. The, the barn me combines the delicious elegance of the French baguette with the ruthless efficiency of the Vietnamese people. Have you seen a, a, a Vietnamese kitchen at full tilt? Go to Marrickville Pork Roll at 1 p.m. on a Saturday and watch. Watch and beget belief at just how effective socialism makes its people. It is Unbelievable watching these Vietnamese mothers churn out baguettes. Truly, white women could never, I, I don't know why I made this a gender thing, white people could never hit the BPMs, baguettes per minute, that these Vietnamese women are hitting for a sustained period of time, for literally hours. They are just, and look, the other thing is, it doesn't really seem, this isn't kind of, Henry Ford-style capitalist um, production line. This is willing... Grab a baguette and go for it, ladies, and just don't stop until they've stopped giving us money. It's phenomenal. Truly, I think the banh mi... The banh mi in of itself makes the Vietnamese my favourite of all the non-white cultures. And, I mean, actually, let's be honest... I didn't need to say non-white because who's picking a white culture as their favourite? We are so devoid of culture amongst us Caucasians. If, if Especially if you pull away the Mediterraneans, the Greeks and the Italians, who seem destined, just seem so... who seem determined to not be lumped in with the rest of us. I, I feel like... Suddenly, it, it's become this thing that no Greeks and Italians—they're not white, of course not. Why would they be? They're, they're you know, they look pretty white to me. Anyway, hardly the point. White culture is so devoid of anything interesting. I wish I come from a people with just a just a vague sense of oppression. The closest you can get really is the Irish and the Scottish and. Uh, unfortunately, most of their culture is heavy drinking. But at least it's just what happens. It, it, we need to be oppressed by our own people to develop any semblance of tradition or ritual. For, for most of us, and especially for like white Australians, all of our traditions fall away the moment we find out Santa isn't real. Once we know Santa, the Easter Bunny, and the Tooth Fairy don't exist, well, that's pretty much it. At that point, our, our holidays just become an excuse for families to yell at each other. That's our true tradition. That's the real spirit of Christmas is arguments between distant relatives. And, I mean, what do you do with that? There's, no, there's nothing to be... You, you're not meant to say white pride anymore. What's there to be proud of? Why would you say it? 
we can't we got no we got no cuisine we just steal all the other cuisines it's a real shame it's a real shame so I was at, I was at my gym recently speaking of and I'm I'm trying to make that creatine work I'm trying to I'm trying to do something and the one of the guys from the gym comes up to me and Kanye is playing in the background and he goes uh, hey I've been meaning to ask you uh, do you reckon can we play Kanye anymore do you reckon that's the thing? He was telling me that there was some DJ that he knew. Of course he knows it. He runs a gym. Of course he knows the DJ. I'm guessing he I'm guessing he might have been referring to himself in the third person. But he said some DJ that he knew had he knew, quote unquote, was being told not to play Kanye at the wedding that he was performing at. Which I get, which makes sense. Because if nothing else, you just don't want to start the conversation. It might not even be that it's going to offend anyone. It's like, let's just not get into this, please. On my wedding day, do we really need to bring this up? Um, the, the whole Kanye thing, I'm probably way too late to the party to be discussing it. But I do love that this guy's like, oh, I know who we should ask about this issue. The straight white guy comedian. He's going to have... I know he's neither black nor Jewish, but fair enough. Let me field this one, sir. I'll take it from here. Um, oh, look... Kanye West, I don't know. I, I, I imagine he's going to suffer enough for all of these statements. You know, he's not going to be able to find a Hollywood agent or a bank manager or a good bagel. He's really going to struggle to do... Can't can't find a good schmear in New York anymore, can Kanye? I'm, I mean, he could probably find one, but I wouldn't be eating it. That, that bagel's going to be tampered with pretty, pretty heavily, you got to think. There's no way Kanye West is still on the wall at Katz's Deli. In New York City, I can't imagine. I cannot imagine that is the case. Um, but I, I also think, look, look. If the Jews did run the world, if if in theory the Jews were responsible for the New World Order and were pulling the strings, I think I'd be okay with it. I think if there was one group of people that was going to be responsible for all of uh, the world's decisions I think I think the Jews would probably be my my vote anyway I, I think especially of all the religions I mean the Buddhists aren't going to achieve anything are they they're just going to sit around I mean we wouldn't have made any progress whatsoever yes sure we'd be happy and enlightened and at peace and everything but would there be an iPhone if there were who's going to make it because I don't think the Buddhists would let their children be used that way so that's a no. You don't want the Christians. I mean, as a straight guy, I'd be okay with it. But I think for the greater good, it's probably for the best, it's not the Christians. And for the same reason, certainly, I'm not even going to say the other ones. I'm not even going to say, I don't need that as a matter of record, but we all know who I mean. I think we've seen how they run the world. And look, for a small proportion, again, I'd be okay. But for, I think for a lot of people, maybe not a great thing. All right? For, for anybody who happens to be female, gay, or report the news, I don't know what, I don't know if, if the Quran says anything about journalists, but uh, if not, I feel like they've filled in the blanks. They've definitely read between the lines in that one. So, look, if it had to be anyone, I think the Jews are a good, I think they're as good as anyone to rule the New World Order. And if they don't take over the world and they don't currently run it, I think maybe they should. I think maybe we should be pushing for that. I think that would probably be in everybody's best interest. What's been happening in Australia? There's been a few things. There's been a few things going on. Um, we don't have to recycle soft plastics anymore. What a, what a weight off our mind that is. We can just go back to throw it into landfill the way we do everything else. Finally, we've seen some common sense. My partner is big on the soft plastic thing, and I'll be honest, 
before we were dating, um, I didn't think about it at all. And I'll also be honest, while we are dating, if she's not looking and I'm pretty sure I'm going to be the one to take the bins out, I might put it in landfill anyway, which I think is objectively not the right thing to do, but it is the easiest. And now, even better, now it's the only thing to do. You've you got no option. you got nowhere to take yourself plastics. you got to throw them out anywhere you can. So, I mean, that's a relief. I don't say I have a huge much more to say about this. There's another COVID wave coming, apparently. Um, and uh, this is the level of selfishness I'm at with it, is they're saying that hospital rates in Queensland have doubled in the last few days, and uh, I'm like, fuck, they better not make me wear a mask. They better not make... I don't want to have to smell my own breath again. I don't think I should have to do that. What is it? Isn't this a free country? You're really going to make me wear a mask on a bus again. Is the bus not punishment enough? Maybe people who are riding the bus shouldn't be living too much longer. I don't know. I'm just... I'm spitballing. I'm just spitballing, but uh, I just, I've been reading a bit. I saw a headline on news.com the other day about the health minister warning the potential for Christmas lockdowns yet again. I'm like, guys, it's over. We could have the most deadly strain yet. As long as it only affects people who are on the pension, I think we'll all just cop it. Honestly, this is the scary thing about COVID to me is like, we have just run out of fucks to give. We're so happy it's over. Isn't it weird? It's just over that nothing is happening anymore. We're just copying the economic fallout for it now. But for the grand, for the, in the grand scheme of things, the amount of people who go to my office with a cough and a sneeze now, no one cares. I, I, I think, uh, I just, I can't, I can't see, I can't see people getting on board. Even Queensland have come out and they put out a recommendation to put masks on. No one's doing it. There is no, there's just no way. So, uh, look, fingers crossed it doesn't cost too many lives, but, well, we will see. And uh, uh, what's, what else is happening for me? What's, what are we going to... Look, I'll give you a little preview of what's happening next week. I'm going on a, a Bucks party on Saturday. I don't go to too many Bucks parties. Uh, I don't have too many friends. But every now and then I do. And here's... I mean, because I don't really drink anymore. I used to drink a lot more when I was single and sad, Somehow, for some reason, alcoholism and uh, loneliness are a pretty timeless combination. But now that I don't just spend every day wondering what's wrong with me, um, I don't really feel the need to write myself into oblivion anymore, which is a nice change of pace. But uh, this Saturday night, uh, the, 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 it's funny, you know, the, the need to drink comes in two places, either loneliness or excessive peer pressure. And I think I'm going to fall into the latter on Saturday, especially because... For the first time in a long time, I'm going to be hanging around the uh, quote-unquote cool kids from my school who I do not see anymore uh, and who, in quiet moments, I like to think don't matter to me, but around them, I, I want them to like me so bad. I need, I still, you can take the boy out of private school, but you can't take private school out of the boy. I will do anything for their approval, including make some very off-color, un, very, very tasteless jokes. Very tasteless. So tasteless, it actually makes uh, my stand-up comedy routine look rather progressive. That's uh, that's what I think my Saturday is going to take. We're going to uh, going to involve. So look, I think uh, I think Sunday is going to be rough. I'm already ready for that. I'm ready for for not liking myself. I'm I'm ready. I'm ready to very feel very very guilty about everything that I do the day before, even the things I don't deserve to, um, but especially the things that I am going to deserve feeling guilty for. Um, so that'll be fascinating. 
It'll be interesting. It'll be a nice little... I'm going to be so... This is... I mean, it really is. My annual dose of toxic masculinity is taking place this Saturday night. Don't miss it. It's starting with paintball and it's ending with a Chinese meal. I mean, just the faintest insinuation of culture. But, ah, man. I've, I've... The last time I went to a boozy Chinese dinner in the middle of the city with a bunch of blokes, it ended up with a guy getting naked and helicoptering his dick over a chicken chow mein. And I'll be honest, I wasn't a huge fan of it at the time, or in hindsight. I don't know why I felt the need to qualify that as if, oh, it, but it grew on me. The more I think about it, the more I think that was actually great stuff. But uh, I don't know. This is It's not the same, guys, but it's it might as well be. Do you know? Uh, so, look, I'm going to be very, very intrigued to see what takes place. And... Um, Look, hopefully I, now I feel like I'll have to do something fucked just to have to, something to report back on the podcast. So, look, uh, stay posted um, and, and I'll come back and report back on all of the things that I deeply disgraced myself with this time next week on Show Some Respect. Tom Whitcomb is talking. And with that, we'll start to wrap up for this week's episode. Um, look, for new listeners, if there are any new listeners out there... Oh! Oh! This is what I should have said from the start. I'm so bad at promoting myself. It's quite embarrassing. I, I, I'm, I'm doing festivals next year. It looks like it's all... I've got my dates locked in for Adelaide. I'm going to be at the Howling Owl. I believe from the 12th to the 18th of March. I'll confirm those dates. But if you are in Adelaide or you know someone in Adelaide, please let me know. Um, I would love to see you there because I have a huge room and I think it's going to... I think it's going to feel pretty huge on the night. So... Any support I can get from you loyal listeners would mean the world. Likewise, I'm going to be in Melbourne. I'm still waiting on confirmation for my venue, but I imagine it's going to be um, about early April. So I will keep you posted with dates and times. I'm very excited. This this next hour of comedy, I think, is shaping up really nicely. I'm very, very happy with the stuff that I'm coming up with. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it, and I think a lot of people who come not knowing what to expect are really not going to enjoy it, and that's going to be uncomfortable. But, hey, that is the... Life of torture I have signed myself up for. But until then, uh, we're, we're going to wrap things up with the three, two, one, as we always do. One point this week goes to Nick Pope. Who is Nick Pope, you ask? Nick Pope is the starting goalkeeper for Newcastle United who saved three penalties this morning for the grace and glory, 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 the grace and glory of the Saudi Arabian owners of my beloved football team, uh, whose hands are totally clean until anyone can prove otherwise. So, fantastic news for the Geordies. Another win through to the next round of the Carabao Cup, the least prestigious cup that they are involved in this year. Doesn't mean I wasn't excited about it. So, one point goes to Nick Pope. Well done, mate. Uh, you know, have, have have a good time at the World Cup. And, and I, I, I don't know if he's a listener. I don't... I can't know whether England international football player Nick Pope is listening to show some respect Tom Whitcomb is talking. But if he is, great job, mate. I know this little shout-out probably meant a lot to you. Two points. Two points go to Luke Heggie. Luke Heggie is my favourite Australian comedian, I think. Certainly right now. Jim Jeffries might be my favourite Australian comedian of all time, but my, my favourite... Working right now, the favorite, the one that I look forward to seeing every year and every time I get to perform with him, Luke Heggie has just released a special 
on Paramount Plus. I'm going to pay $9 just to see it and then I'm going to leave it immediately. Uh, I encourage you to do the same. If you already have Paramount Plus, check it out. Luke Heggie is honestly the best stand-up comedian in Australia right now as far as I'm concerned. I think he's phenomenal and uh, I can't wait to see this new hour comedy special. So please check it out. And finally, three points. It's going to have to be split a lot of different ways because three points goes to the Jews. Gee, they're having a tough run at the moment, aren't they? They are copping a lot of flack from uh, from a few very high-profile individuals, and I, and I just want to let them know I'm on your side, guys. If it were up to me, you'd run it all. If it were up to me, you would be not having to run things from the shadows. You'd be able to do it out on the forefront the way uh, you know you could. That way, you could really, really make some change in this world. So. Great work, guys. So those uh, goyams and goys, I don't know which it is. I think goyam is non-Jew. Anyway, wh- whatever. All the, all the Semites, all the... Am I, I don't, what's a Jesuit? Uh, no, Jesuit's like not... What is a... Je- you learn stuff when you listen to this podcast. Jesuit, a member of the side of Jesus. The opposite of that. All the non-Jesuits, but not all the non... Because that would be the... All the Jews. I was just trying to avoid... Something about Jew feels weird. Saying Jew, like I, I, I don't know if you're meant to say it. Are you meant to say it? All the Jewish people. Three points between you. Enjoy it, guys. You've earned it. And uh, with that, we're going to call it for one more week on this. The Show Some Respect, Tom Whitcomb is Talking Podcast. A pleasure to have you as always. Thanks for tuning in. Have a fantastic week. I'll chat to you next time. Uh, Goodbye.